When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a story that focuses on the life or the death of a sex worker in Istanbul. Her name is Tekila Leila. And the book starts with two words, the end. Right away we know, as readers, we learn that Tekila Leila has been murdered and her body has been dumped in a garbage bin on the outskirts of Istanbul. And I want to share with you that as I was writing this novel, I did a lot of research and I did, uh, I read um, research, neuroscience related research that shows after the moment of death, after our, the heart, the human heart stops beating, the human mind can keep working, functioning for another few minutes and sometimes up to 10 minutes. So the question for me as an author was, what happens inside our minds in that limited amount of time. And if it is true that the part of memory that is in charge of long-term memory, that the part of the brain that is in charge of long-term memory is the last bit that is to shut down, then what do the dead remember? Do they remember the good things or the bad things? Uh, allow me to ask this question to you. If you had only 10 minutes, 38 seconds left in this world, what would you remember? What would you like to remember? So I want to talk about a word that is very important for me as a writer, as a storyteller, and that word is memory. It comes from Latin roots, memor, memoriam, which basically means remembering. And in our daily language, there's a whole bunch of words that are related to the same root, such as memoir, memorial, commemorate, or memorandum. They all come from the same journey. I find it interesting that in Greek mythology, uh, this contrast between memory and amnesia plays an important role. And there's the river Lethe, which is the river of forgetting. This is a river that flows under the ground. It's an underworld river, one of the five rivers that are um, flowing through the domain of Hades. And of course, Hades is the god of death. And this river is thought to flow under cypress trees which to me is an interesting symbol because coming from Asia Minor, from Anatolia or the Balkans or the Levant, we know that cypress trees are widely planted in graveyards. So what I'm trying to say is forgetting in Greek mythology is associated, identified with death. The river of oblivion is uh, reminiscent of death. What remains of us as human beings when we have forgotten everything, when we don't have our memories anymore? And I think that's a very important question that keeps recurring, you know, that keeps coming back to us uh, throughout the history of literature. There's another important duality in Greek mythology between this river of oblivion 
and the pond of memory or the pool of memory. But is it really like that? Is memory something stagnant, something fixed? I want to question that as well. Early on, I said that as a writer, memory is important to me, but of course, I'm not alone in this. And in fact, throughout the centuries, many poets, many writers have explored this question, but no one did it better than Marcel Proust. Proust, when he wrote In Search of Lost Time, and by the way, this is officially the longest novel ever written, so come to think of it, it is more than twice the size of War and Peace. In all those volumes, he explored the notion of memory, time, what does it mean to be human, uh, how do we deal with our own mortality when everything else is so transitory, when, when everything else is so ephemeral, you know, things come and go, what really remains, what really stays, what makes us human and, and what makes our lives much more meaningful. So all those questions were very important for him. And of course, there's a very important moment in the, in the story when, you, when he dips uh, a piece of madeleine, a sponge cake, into a cup of tea. And the flavor, the taste, the smells, it's like a sensory trigger that takes him back to his own childhood. I find that very important for many, many authors. I also want to tell you that he coined this term of involuntary memory that very much was linked to these senses, you know, these sensual triggers. Involuntary memory is different than voluntary memory. We need to bear in mind that Proust wrote In Search of Lost Time between 1909 and 1922. And this is a moment in history of tremendous social and political change. Everything is changing so fast. You know, the ground doesn't feel solid anymore. So for him to ask these questions at a moment like that is all the more important. And this is why uh, Virginia Woolf said famously, what is there to be written? You know, what is there to write after Proust? All us authors, we need to go back home because Proust pretty much covered everything uh, there was to say and to write about. But of course, um, as I said, many authors have kept dealing with these questions. And in my work as well, memory and amnesia are very, very important, especially in one of my earlier novels, which is called 10 Minutes, 38 Seconds in the Strange World. This is a story that focuses on the life or the death of a sex worker in Istanbul. Her name is Tekila Leyla. And the book starts with two words, the end. Right away we know, as readers, we learn that Tekila Leyla has been murdered and her body has been dumped in a garbage bin on the outskirts of Istanbul. And I want to share with you that as I was writing this novel, I did a lot of research and I, did, uh, I read um, research, neuroscience-related research that shows after the moment of death, after our, the heart, the human heart stops beating, the human mind can keep working, functioning for another few minutes and sometimes up to 10 minutes. So the question for me as an author was, what happens inside our minds in that limited amount of time? And if it is true that the part of memory that is in charge of long-term memory, that the part of the brain that is in charge of long-term memory is the last bit that is to shut down, then what do the dead remember? Do they remember the good things or the bad things? 
uh, allow me to ask this question to you. If you had only 10 minutes, 38 seconds left in this world, what would you remember? What would you like to remember? So the whole book is based on that structure. And I think senses are also play, play an important role in the story because sometimes the taste of food, the smell of food takes Leila back to um, very important moments in her life, the moments that she thought, of course, she had long left behind. Uh, there's another reason why I think memory is important for me, because I come from a country, Turkey, which has a very long and rich history. That, however, doesn't translate into strong memory. In fact, we are a society of collective amnesia in Turkey, and our entire relationship with the past is full of ruptures, voids, and those gaps are filled, usually filled, in with ultra-nationalistic or Islamist interpretations of the past that talk about a glorious, golden era, a golden past, some kind of imperial nostalgia. But of course, storytellers say, uh, as writers, we say that the story of the empire, the story of the golden era changes depending on who is telling the story and who is not allowed to tell the story. So for me, not only these stories, but also the silences are very important. You might say at the end of the day, every nation state has, has its own official version of history, has its own official memory. That is true. But where there's a proper democracy, you can easily walk into a bookstore and you can find books, both fiction and nonfiction, that question the official narrative and that also bring the untold stories from the periphery to the center. And the authors of those books are not prosecuted or put on trial. So what I'm trying to say is, when we talk about memory, when we talk about the memory of a nation, we need to understand that that too is fluid. It's not fixed. That, that is something that needs to be written and questioned and rewritten. And there has to be a plurality of stories, a plurality of voices. At the end of the day, I believe Remembering is important, a, a very important part of healing. Proust knew this. Uh, he was Jewish, he was, he was gay, he was not accepted by his own family members even. There's a moment in his life when his father takes him to a brothel because he wants to teach him, you know, manhood. His own father thinks he's not manly enough, boyish enough. And I think all of these things left big scars and bruise, bruises in his life. The reason why I mention this is because I believe writing about memory for him was a way of healing. And I find that very important. Of course, I understand a healthy dose of forgetting is also important in order to keep on living. But I believe that memory is a responsibility and we cannot repair what we don't remember. And what we don't repair, we are bound to repeat again and again, both as individuals and as societies and communities. That is why remembering is an important part of understanding who we are as individuals, as nations, and it is an important part of healing.